0: What's
1: up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. Today's show is brought to you by Amazon.com. And why is it brought to you by Amazon.com? Because if you go to the Mazodcast website and click on the Amazon banner, we get a sweet, wet taste of them dollar bills. So if you're purchasing drugs or prostitutes or, well, anything else you can get on Amazon, I assume all those things are available, do it through the Mazodcast Amazon banner. And let us wet our beak. M-I-Z.
2: And a Slam. This bug's for you, Missouri. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock, deep, near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett Run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the MazzotCast.
0: Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the MazzotCast. Only two weeks left until football. I'm Brendan Anthony. Joining me is Mizzou's official solar astronomer, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And not able to join us today is Brian Goers, who is on assignment trying to consummate his marriage. It's, he's been married for a while now, still hasn't got it done. No, but I did just send him some popsicle sticks and mm-hmm. some Baylor twine, so we're going to hope that gets the job done. Oh, well, I hope you drew a cartoon on how it was done, because <laughs> I don't think he's going to connect the dots. <laughs>
1: well,
0: I did not, but
1: uh, I can send him a text message.
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. It is, uh, like I said, two weeks until Mizzou football is actually underway. Two uh, weeks. That's right. Did you just say two weeks? Two Saturdays. Jiminy Christmas. Uh Can you believe it? I can't. And uh, I guess the other big news is across America, everyone's going to watch the sun disappear from the sky. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a little worried down in Mississippi. I heard Hugh Freeze. I'm worried for his wife and his daughter because Hugh Freeze very much believes that if a woman watches the solar eclipse, they will become pregnant with the devil's baby. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Keep them in your prayers. Imagine what Kansas residents, who have no access
1: to internet or television, are Mm going to think when the sun disappears. They're
0: going to throw their pitchforks at the sky
1: for sure. (laughs) Yeah. They won't know what to make of it. A giant bear has eaten the sun. (laughs) Yep. A lot of hair pulling and gnashing of teeth, Mm -hmm. tears. They'll probably start murdering their own children to spare
0: them whatever Mm -hmm. apocalyptic nightmare that's sure to follow. The sun will only be wiped from the sky for two minutes, but God knows what kind of terror can happen in those two minutes in Kansas. Well, Kansas News...
1: And our next episode ought to be rife with just lots of
0: uh, eclipse-laden Kansas murders. Oh, I'm sure that it will be. It'll be really easy to put together a Kansas News segment next time we, uh, Absolutely. we meet. So, Colin, let's get into uh, the upcoming football season because it's fast approaching. I think the biggest news that happened this week is another Nate Howard story. Yeah, Snocker, He's the king of getting in trouble for stuff that you could just... Easily. easily avoid,
1: like he got pulled over the first time, and they found the mushrooms because he hadn't renewed his license plates. Right. Yeah. And now right. he's been arrested again because he had a warrant out for not paying a speeding ticket. A speeding ticket. Jesus Christ! It's like I'd feel better about him being kicked off the team if he'd done something good. Yeah, murder a hobo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put one of those homeless bastards out of their misery with a tack hammer, and and would be okay when you got kicked off the team.
0: Earn that disqualification. <laughs> that's right. So he is officially off the team. Although, and there's... what better way to earn it than murder? <laughs> <laughs> well go big or go home <laughs>
1: that's right
0: so yeah i mean the speculation long been that uh, he was going to be gone anyway yeah uh, we talked before about how uh, he'd been sort of a shit bag behind the closed doors and now mm-hmm. he's been a public shit bag sure and so he's gone uh, obviously that puts a little hurt on our defensive line because he was projected to be a defensive end
1: yeah and it's bad
0: for him too because i think this year
1: probably would have been the year where he finally mm-hmm. got some substantial playing time and could have set the dog to lose so to speak but he's a uh, busy being dumb dumb Mm -hmm. and uh that takes it's a full-time job for some folks that's
0: right our defensive line took another hit though this week when malik young a juco transfer defensive lineman was ruled ineligible for academic reasons so he will no longer be joining the tiger squad so it's another uh missing depth at the defensive line which is an area we've been struggling at yeah it's bad news I mean, but basically, I tell you what, the closer we get to the season, the more
1: I read and the more I watch, people seem to be becoming more and more bullish on the Tigers, mm. which almost makes me
0: nervous. Yeah. Oh, I saw something today that they had basically listed the uh, power rankings for the SEC East, and mm-hmm. we weren't dead last. Oh, my God. <laughs> I immediately went to the website and scrolled to the bottom to find out what they'd written about us, mm-hmm. and I saw, lo and behold, Vanderbilt. And yeah. I scrolled, well, we got to go one up. Kentucky. Yeah. And then, and only then, did I find our Missouri Tigers. and. Just a that, notch below Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, that puts us pretty low on the totem pole, but mm-hmm. uh, but not that, as low as we'd been. For SEC media, that's bullish. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Speaking of SEC media, we have another little thing for you today. We interviewed John Chris from Saturday Down South, and he talked to us about well, how he thought the Tigers would do this year. Um, he is not bullish. No, not particularly bullish. Peter Burns, last time we met, not, not particularly bullish. bullish if, but, basically, if whatever network you're associated with has the words SEC in it, or the mm-hmm. letters, you're not going to be bullish on the Tigers, no. And they, and, you know, to be fair, they haven't given you reason to be. I mean, they went four and eight last year, and they were a complete and total dog turd. But I mean, obviously, well, I'm not didn't... asking them to predict
1: that we were going to win the East or even the, mm-hmm. you know, the the SEC. I just it becomes wildly apparent that they have not paid a whole lot of attention when they start putting us behind Vanderbilt. I mean, right. like, listen, it's not it's not crazy to pick us up Vanderbilt, is yeah. it? <laughs>
0: I mean, six wins is what we're asking for, to get to a bowl. That's mm-hmm. that's what we look at as a yeah. mass improvement for the season. Sure. And those wins are on the board. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God. And, you know, I was going through the schedule and thinking about wins that were there and, and the games that were just completely unwinnable. And really, the only game to me that looked like I had real difficulty just based on the opponent and the matchup was the Auburn game. I mean, it looks really tough for us to get a win against Auburn. The one game that really kind of scares me, and I don't know why, is I
1: continue to give me more and more bullish on South Carolina.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I know it's hard to believe because of who their coaches, mm-hmm. but they've got a they they almost a mere image of the Tigers in some ways. They mm-hmm. everybody looks for them to have a stout offense who knows on defense. And that's kind of what the the uh, recipe is for Missouri. But I guess part of what scares me out of them is they have a stout offense. I'm are, the defense is certainly the question mark for us, and so it's like they could come in and lay up a bunch of points on us, and will our defense be able to stop it? I certainly hope with the new scheme and Demonte Cross being, um, you know, neutered, that we will uh, have see a much improved defense this year.
0: Yeah, I'm certainly hopeful that's the case. But you know the thing about South Carolina is I think that game will be a shootout, Mm -hmm. no question. But the thing about uh, South Carolina last year, they had a two headed warrior and running back, two thousand yard rushers, and they lost one of them to the NFL. And now they're you know they've still got a strong running game, but I don't think it's going to be as strong as it was last year. And even then, you know what were they a seven win team? Well, the running game isn't what
1: so what concerns me as much as the young quarterback and some decent skill position uh, Mm -hmm. receivers. Anyway, I mean, I don't know why I'm getting worried about South Carolina, but but I agree with you. Auburn, you know, Malzahn maybe can really fuck it up, hopefully. But, you know, they're going to have a lot of talent, and they're they're going to be hard in the crucible that is the West. And so, uh, yeah, it could be difficult for the Tigers, absolutely.
0: Now, I'm not saying that we're going to beat Florida or we're going to beat Georgia, but I look at those games and I think it could happen. It's not mm-hmm. out of the realm of possibilities. The Auburn game looks like a stretch to me, much like the LSU game was last year. Yeah. All of this depends on us not pulling another middle, middle Tennessee state yeah. like we did last year. or in Indiana from a couple of years ago mm-hmm. because the Tigers can do that and have sure. done that. And they're not strong enough to give us any confidence they won't do it again. Yeah, hot dog, water,
1: diarrhea, farts game mm-hmm. is what we call that yeah. where we just shit down both legs.
0: They've been good for one a year for the last few <laughs> <two laughs> yeah, years. Sure. So uh, anyway, let's move on to some better news, really, Colin, and this is not football-related. Jaunte Porter. Jaunte Porter had long ago mentioned that he would going to come to the Mizzou and play. And the question was whether he would reclassify. To was play it a the season. Well, it was for a time for a lot of people, but I believe it was way back in May.
1: May thirty first, I believe, uh-huh. that we had officially announced that we had
0: two confirmed sources.
1: through two different sources that it was a done deal. He was reclassifying. So, if you're a Mizzoucast
0: fan, enjoy the fact that you knew. Way out in front of everybody else. And I believe right after that, Dave Matter put out a tweet to say, this is not happening, this is not right. Well, he didn't say it wasn't happening, but he said it wasn't official. Mm -hmm. Yet, last week, John T. Porter said, I'm going to reclassify this year, this fall, I'm a Tiger. Yeah, much like we'd predicted. Mm -hmm. Now, to be fair. Is it a prediction or is it just a statement of fact? I guess so. I mean, a lot of people kind of knew this was probably likely after Missouri sort of had jettisoned one sco- that kid that
1: Kemp or was it yeah, name?
0: Yeah. Either way, they had one scholarship him. left, and but you know we were way back in May, and mm-hmm. we said we don't think it's going to happen. We know it's going to happen, and it did. So just to uh, stretch my arm out after patting myself on the back for yeah. that one, and yeah, we got that one right. Another uh, Mazadcast victory, but a real victory for the Tigers, who mm-hmm. look to be fucking devastating in oh, basketball man. this
1: fall. I'm gonna I get a chub every time I think about it. It's been at least five years since I gave a. F- fucking shit about mm-hmm. the missouri tiger basketball team and i'm excited
0: my dream is that you know when basketball starts up in november people are actually still somewhat excited about football and mm-hmm. not just really turning the page yeah i mean if you recall, that could happen i remember when we were shit people were turning the page and you mean talking when we about, were good well no when we were shit oh last year people were turning the page to basketball and imagine this year yeah if we're shit again that it would maybe turn the page in well, October, September. I,
1: I, I love Rockham Nation, don't get me wrong, but when we were good and when we were bad... I
0: see what you're saying. When
1: basketball rolls around, Rockham Nation is ready to turn the page. Yeah,
0: yeah it is bizarre. Even when we
1: we're winning the SEC East, East, the, 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 the coverage goes way on to basketball. I think that's just probably the... Uh, nature of who that writes for them. They probably are just basketball enthusiasts, mm-hmm. more so over football enthusiasts. But yeah, I'm always like, where are there all these basketball? The Tigers football team is still playing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and
0: in contention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So, But it, it should be a lot of fun. My own personal inner cynic doesn't want to get my hopes up too fucking high because I know they're going to be dramatically better. But... I don't want to proclaim ourselves Do I don't want to pull Butch Jones and proclaim ourselves
1: life champions, life
0: champions right out of the gate.
1: Well, I think nothing has changed with Jonte. I think we said before the problem with a super talented young team like this is one night they're going to jump up and actually beat Kentucky, and the next night they're going to lose to Georgia. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're like going to win a game they're not supposed to, and then they're going to get the hell kicked out of them by somebody they should should have beat by a hundred points. And that's just going to be the the inconsistency that you're seeing in a young team. And really, it's going to be up to uh, coach martin to kind of by the time tournament season rolls around to mm-hmm. have these kids playing consistent basketball which is kind of a big ask yeah when you consider how young they're going to be
0: yeah and i think yeah, you know, like you said a coach their job is to make them feel like juniors when they're still freshmen when it's february mm-hmm. and the games are starting to matter yeah and tournaments are coming around you want but, them to be a cohesive unit by that time mm-hmm. it's okay to to shit what, your
1: shit your bed a little bit early on, especially with a the young team. But we need to have their, our shit together by the time March rolls around. What would
0: you be satisfied with? What is the minimum you'd be satisfied I mean, obviously, we're going to win a wins. national title. But, not, I mean, tournament, making a tournament? 20 wins in a tournament bid. That's I don't think the, 20 wins will get you there anymore yeah, these days. It used to be.
1: Let's say 22 wins in a tournament bid.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I'd like to go a little deeper <laughs> into the SEC No, tournament. no,
1: don't get me wrong. I mean, I'd like to see – I mean – Listen, I'm just being cautiously...
0: It, that's a massive turnaround from an eight-win yeah. season.
1: Let's say 22 wins in a tournament bid. I mean, you can live with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we have a ton of talent, but it's a lot to think that we're going to compete for a national championship or go deep into the tournament. You know what I mean? That's a lot to ask, despite how much talent we have. So I'd say that's a realistic prediction or for satisfaction, so to speak.
0: I want us to get to the tournament and be forced to face Kansas. Head to oh, head, like it's an be elite, amazing. Yeah, that would be wonderful. I'll
1: tell you what, I'll take, um, I don't know, I don't know what amount of money I would pay, what appendage on my body I would be willing to cut off for knowledge to meet Kansas. I mean, if I'm going to lose a fucking digit or a cock, um, I want to win that game. I want the, mm. I want us to, to uh, go meet Kansas in the tournament and win. Mm. Like, I'll lose a pinky finger for that.
0: I'm going to go on no. a limb. I'm going to say that right now. That's a lot. I mean, I'd say obviously a, the little toe. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things I give up for a little toe. Like right now, a little Domino's pizza, toe. Are you that hungry? <laughs> no, not particularly, but Domino's I like. <laughs> and
1: you don't need that toe. I've
0: hardly ever used you it. You've got two of them. Yeah, that's right.
1: No, I'd lose a pinky for that.
0: Yeah, for Mizzou to face Kansas in the Elite Eight and then go to the final four by beating Kansas. I'll take
1: it. that. Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. Well, now, I'm not saying I'm going to cut it off when it happens. I'm saying if somebody could, some magic wizard genie lamp was here and he could say, I will make this happen if you'll give me your left pinky. I'd be like, Take it. It's gone. I don't need yeah. that bastard.
0: Well, in lieu I mean, of it's going to be harder to
1: do two in the pink, one in the stink without it. Mm. But I got a right hand.
0: Yeah, and I mean, sacrifices must be made. In <laughs> lieu of having a magic wizard, I do have bolt cutters. Yeah, we well, can take care of that before the show. ends You can't guarantee that any of those things will happen. Well, I'll tell you this. Colin, if Missouri's going to beat Kansas in the tournament to get to the final four, the sun will black out of the sky <laughs> tomorrow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's wow. a prediction. Yeah. So anyway, other news, because this has been an action packed off season. Sure. This one's a little bit more personal. Our good friend, the Paul Feinbot, your creation, the robot yes. in which you created yes. with your bare hands, is officially more famous than any of us on the show. Yeah,
1: the Mazzot cast crew, mm-hmm. myself, Brendan, producer Joel. Brian, none of us are really, anybody knows who we are, gives a shit. Mm-hmm. But we can't say that about the full complement of this show because when Paul Feinbott made it on to the Paul Feinbaum show.
0: Yes, sir. <laughs> That's right. Paul Feinbott was mentioned by name and his image was shown on the screen on the SEC network and talked about at yeah. some length a couple of times. Yeah. It was, I usually watch quite
1: a bit of Paul Feinbaum. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had not been watching that week. And one of our Twitter followers was like, You guys know you're on Paul, we're on Paul Feinbaum, right? And we're like, What? (laughs) What
0: did you say? The
2: fine bot. The fine bot. (laughs) The fine bot. The fine bot. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It really happened. Yeah. That was proof right there. That was Paul Feinbaum. I know people probably thought that was the fine bot, but it was actually just a recording of Paul Feinbaum saying the fine bot. Yeah. But the thing is, it didn't seem like Paul Feinbaum was. Flattered by the robot creation. Oh, he thought creation. it was some sort of like uh, jab at him or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm like, we just understood that Paul Feinbaum was not
1: going to sit down for a segment mm-hmm. each week to cover the SEC with us. Mm-hmm. So in lieu of that, I had to make a robot. Right. I mean, what does one do when, when they don't, can't get who they
0: want? They Thank make you, a robot. Mazu Cast Podcast? <laughs> oh, boy. You're a- <laughs> welcome, Palm Fine Bomb.
1: Play Thank that you, one again. Mazu Cast Podcast? Mazu Cast Podcast?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'll take it. <laughs> you better believe it. We did make the name ridiculously hard to pronounce for people that don't understand it.
1: I want to put this out here on the record right now.
0: Brendan created the name of the show. <laughs> I think it's a great name. Yeah, I'm sure you did. It didn't seem that difficult to me. Combine Mizzou and podcast and mesh them together. Yeah. And there you go. But apparently it's, it's far more challenging. But yeah. Well, most of us have a lot of trouble reading. <laughs> yes, apparently Paul Feinbaum is one of those. So um, I hope we can still get the Feinbaum on our show each week now that he's a, a national celebrity. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess before we go to break, Colin, there's another thing we should mention, a bit of business to take care of. What's that? Well, we have been talking. Yeah, we have. And As we do. <laughs> yes. So organic. Yeah. <laughs> about the possibility of heading on the road, road during trip. the football season. Yes. Oh, road road trip. trip. With you crazy bastards listening at home. Yeah.
1: The Mazadcast podcast. Party bus. Party bus trip to a football game. We, do, we don't know if this will work, guys. Mm-hmm. We don't know. I mean, we, you guys, uh, we, we see the downloads and the enthusiasm on Twitter mm-hmm. and the emails. And a lot of you guys seem very, very happy about the show. When we know we love you, and you act like you love us quite a bit. And we thought, how awesome would that be? Mm-hmm. We all get together in a bus full of stag.
0: With a bunch of psychos.
1: <laughs> with a bunch of people that listen to this show. Mm-hmm. I've long said, I love our fans, but I don't want to know them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I've changed my mind. Uh-huh. And uh, here we go. So we are getting ourselves a uh, charter bus, 15-passenger mm-hmm. van. We're getting. We'll get two of them if we have to. Cases and cases of stag. And Colin mentioned maybe we get cases of other beer just in case crazy people don't like stag beer. Well, you know, I won't drink Bud Light. We're not going to go down that road again. <laughs> yes, we've talked about it.
1: Spess McKenzie.
0: Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, tickets for a game. Now, the big sticking point right now that we haven't been able to determine what we should do is we've narrowed it down between two games one we don't want to go to arkansas because it's thanksgiving weekend
1: yeah we don't we couldn't do that and i imagine most of you guys couldn't do that either Mm -hmm. and that's a shame because i wanted to go to fayetteville
0: yeah and it would be the easiest logistically obviously Mm -hmm. so we talked about going to athens georgia which is the longer of the two trips but against the better team sure or going to nashville tennessee to watch vanderbilt which is the worst team but the better city oh yeah the closer city oh yeah and the cheaper city
1: now if you can't tell by i'm already in, in the bag for nashville i mm-hmm. like me some nashville if you've never been to nashville it's a great city mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's a lot of stuff to do and uh, it's just a great city i mean athens is like you know it's just a college town there's gonna mm-hmm. be a few bars and stuff but outside of the football game there's not going to be a lot of great nightlife kind of stuff
0: mm-hmm. Horse, you're talking about
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and um the other part of that is is like we're going to be a bunch of dudes in one or two buses mm-hmm. going to this thing. And the less time we can spend smashed inside of a tin can farting on each other. Stinking hard. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. If Brian goes, watch out, guys. <laughs> Aromatic. Oh, my God. Every time the guy comes to my house and take, uses my toilet, I have to hire a priest to get rid of the smell. So just <laughs> know that. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm firmly in the nashville camp but i'm i'm on board i'll go to georgia with you fuckers
0: yeah we you? we took to twitter and and everybody's divided a little bit i mean the thing about georgia is it would undeniably be fun but here's the downsides uh the tickets will be more expensive they'll be harder to get in a block mm-hmm. um the trip is longer so it'll be more costly just to get down there yeah. and um and we're, and we're not like you fuckers
1: it? we can't just steal our dad's visa card and put it all
0: on there you yeah. know? we gotta pay for it <laughs> so Nashville provides us a little bit more flexibility in that it's going to be less expensive. People don't go to Vanderbilt games, so the tickets will be easier Easy to Easy to get. Yeah. They and, actually hand them out when you walk
1: in the stadium. You, you don't, don't
0: hand it to them. You, they hand you the ticket. Yeah, for a can of soup, you get a ticket. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're kind of in the bag for going to Nashville. I think if you say, would you rather see Georgia or Vanderbilt, people go, Georgia. Yeah. But if you say, would you rather go to Athens or Nashville, people say, Nashville. Mm-hmm. So, um, and when you're hearing this, Get back to us on Twitter or at our email at mazodcast at gmail.com and let us know what you would prefer. And let us know, particularly if you're genuinely interested, because we want to put together a reasonable package that will be an affordable way to get down to a Mizzou Road game, especially yeah, if you've never been before.
1: Well that's what I was saying. I thought me and Brent were talking about it. You know, if we if we get a rent a block of rooms mm-hmm. on a floor of a hotel in Nashville, we obviously rent how many how many vehicles we need
0: mm-hmm. you know, we
1: get the block of tickets we roll that all into one price and you think what is that going to be is that 500 bucks is that 550 is that 600 dollars? you're like wow that sounds kind of steep but then at the end of the day it's like can anyone go to one of these games to a way game and pay less than that right and then you get to do it with us
0: mm-hmm. exactly
1: and, i mean that's worth its weight in gold
0: <laughs> maybe we'll record on the bus during the, the oh, trip. oh boy
1: you know, it, it, I think it would certainly be worth recording its show yeah. with a live audience.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And let's
1: do it after they're all good and drunk.
0: Yeah, I was going to do it about two hours into the drive. <laughs> so we, we're we serious about doing this, and we are serious about which city to go to because uh, we wanted to make it as much fun as possible, but we also want to think about making it as affordable for you guys when we put it all together because we're going to do it as as well but as economically as possible. Yeah,
1: me and Britton are not wealthy men.
0: And we'll keep you up to date when we get things settled down on what the costs are. And everything. But do get in touch with us if you're interested in going. Like I said, for we'll continue throughout there on Twitter with mm-hmm. progress reports and whatnot. Bare minimum, we've got a 15 passenger van. So that will, be, you know, Colin and I, assuming Brian, that'll put at least 12 seats available. It'll be first come, first serve. But if we get enough interest, we'll get ourselves a second van. Mm-hmm. We'll split up. We'll do it that way. <clears throat> Brendan and I both
1: don't ask, but Brendan and I both have chauffeur's license. So um theoretically mm-hmm. we can both drive
0: you know. or we were thinking about getting a an actual prostitute to drive the bus for us so that we could all get smashed oh, on the There'll stack be beer. prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Don't think there won't be and cocaine. Mm-hmm.
1: Is this going to see if Matty
0: Mock can come along. Boy, wouldn't that be a party? <laughs> and Truman the Tiger. Yeah, that uh, I mean if, I
1: don't know if you guys have <laughs> listened to old Truman the our, our old show where we interviewed Truman the Tiger, but
0: that guys a party. He knows that a party. Can you imagine the Truman the Tiger party bus? It would be yeah. something. Yeah. And so, yeah, let us know and uh, get ready for the official first annual Cast Party Bus Road Tour. So, Colin, we're heading to the break now. And uh, when we get back, we're going to talk to John Christ from Saturday Down South, as I Whoop. mentioned earlier. We're going to do a little bit of a special edition of SEC Around the Horn before the season gets started. And, of course, we're always, as always, we're going to bring you Kansas news. Yep. Till then, this is the Mazzotcast. There's only love in the dark Nothing I can say A total eclipse of the A
2: total eclipse of the heart.
0: On the phone now we have John Christ, who's the senior writer for Saturday Down South. I appreciate you joining us, John. Sure thing. Thanks for having me on the show. We talked a little bit on Twitter earlier today, and you said Missouri fans might not love what you have to say on the show this week. But we had Peter Burns from the SEC Network yesterday, and his predictions were pretty dire. I mean, they pretty much boiled down to winter is coming. So I think anything you have for us, it it can't be that bad.
2: Yeah, I think it's safe to say that if you just look at this Mizzou program from the outside, it's just tough to find whether there's any actual momentum. And you look at the rest of the East, you know, Florida's going to be Florida. Georgia's going to be Georgia. Yeah, Tennessee will probably pull back a little bit, but it's still Tennessee with a lot of talent. There seems to be things going in the right direction, both at South Carolina and Kentucky. And you can even make the argument for Vanderbilt. You know, go into a bowl game for the first time under Coach Mason. But with what we saw last year in Columbia, it's just hard to, again, look at this roster, look at the schedule, look at the coaching staff, look at the recruiting rankings, and see a lot of things going in the right direction. So I'm not expecting dire things, like my buddy Peter Burns is saying, but I don't think it's a stretch to say that
0: you might be a hard time justifying a real big leap from what we saw a year ago. No, I think that's totally fair, and I referenced your uh, your article about your, your crystal ball predictions. You still have Missouri going 6-6, six and six, and I'm not going to go through uh, game by game with you and put you through that. But one of the things I thought was interesting is I know that you've been high on South Carolina making a little run this year, but you did predict Missouri to win that game in Columbia, Missouri this year.
2: Yeah, I did. Uh, I try
0: not to get overly, you know, deep into where the wins
2: and losses actually occur. I'm more about just sort of predicting one through seven, east and west, both overall record and conference record. But this is certainly one of those slippery games for South Carolina. I do like the Gamecocks. I'm a big believer in their offensive skill position talent in particular, but a lot of it's still very young. There's going to be tape on these guys from a year ago that, that didn't exist before they started playing in 2016. Plus, Will Muschamp's defense uh, has a ways to go. You know, Sky Moore, who's been their leader, is coming off that neck injury. He didn't play at all last year. I can't expect him to show up week one, week two, and instantly be an all-SEC linebacker all over again. So... The Gamecocks, I do like them, but just the way the schedule lays out and the way their roster is kind of young and inexperienced at some places, I think this might be the sort of team that gets better over the course of the season. So give me the benefit of the doubt with Mizzou at Perot Field, especially with the
0: way they throw the ball. Uh, The Gamecocks can struggle sometimes on the back end. Obviously, one of the areas that folks like yourself don't have a lot of confidence in, uh, Missouri and where even the homers like us are a little nervous is just how bad their defense was last year. And I think if there's anything that does give us hope and promise that there might be some momentum in the positive direction, it's really the law of averages. I mean, how, can, how bad can you be consistently? You know, it, surely there's room for improvement. Missouri's defense was so bad last year. Do you think the defense stands a chance of being better this year or with the loss of guys like Charles Harris and then the the cornerbacks like Arianne Pinton, is that just going to be another problem? Is it not something you can fix in a single offseason?
2: No, I do think there's something to be said for just sort of hitting the refresh button going from one season to the next can sometimes be a breath of fresh air. I think the Georgia offensive line is a good comparison. It was just... Mm -hmm. So historically awful a year ago, opening up holes on the ground, trying to protect Jacob Eason. It was just ugly week after week. And it didn't matter if they were playing Tennessee or Georgia or some lesser competition, even to the FCS level. Why is Nichols State just destroying that Georgia offensive line? It doesn't make any sense. So. If you look at Mizzou, sure, I think there's reason to believe that it should be better than a year ago, partially because how could it possibly be worse? Coach Odom has a track record of being a very good defensive coordinator. This is a program that, in particular, along the defensive line, has had a lot of NFL caliber talent. I know that maybe they they've sort of hit a couple of home runs on some two and three star guys at a high school turned out to be better than anticipated. Charles Harris is a perfect example, you know, hardly talked about at the high school level, leaves early and he's a first round draft pick. But If Marcel Frazier can be just as productive without having help on the other side, sure, I like what I see there. I'm a big fan of Terry Beckner Jr., but is he finally going to have his head straight and be 100% healthy? This is a guy who was supposed to be a three-year player and straight to the NFL draft. It doesn't look like that right now. I'm not quite sure what I see at linebacker. Yes, uh, Patton is going to be a loss at corner, so there's certainly questions to be answered. But yes, I do think it can be better. Is it going to be a quantum leap? We'll find out.
0: You had guessed at Missouri at 6-6, six and six, and I think a lot of Tiger fans are feeling the same way, that their non-conference schedule is pretty weak, and Missouri's taking a lot of heat about that. And I, I have to wonder when I hear, you know, listen to things like the Paul Feinbaum show and kind of mock Missouri for its its sort of soft non-conference schedule. I look at Texas A&M's schedule as well, and I don't know if enough people sort of have taken note of how difficult it is for a team to schedule three, four, and even five years out when you change conferences. You really, the the Tigers have had years where they've had to put a game on the schedule a month before the season started. I don't know if those non-conference schedules are going to look that cupcakey in the future, but do you think People take into account that, that Missouri's had to make these really bizarre things like conne- going to Connecticut on the road in the middle of the season because of the conference realignment. Well, there's not
2: a whole lot of excuses you can make at this point because you know fans don't want to hear those things anyway. And you're right about the non-conference schedule. It's going to be very difficult to sell tickets for a, a home opener against Missouri State. And then you welcome Purdue, which is one of the you know, doormats of the Power 5 in Week 3, another sort of odd matchup. Hopefully it's not Indiana all over again from a couple of years ago. You know, from
0: Ireland's your mouth to God's ears. not a sexy matchup,
2: yes. And then uh, you mentioned the other game uh, at UConn, a, a very strange road trip for an SEC team. But these sort of things happen at college football. Scheduling is incredibly difficult. Uh, I, all you have to do is open up your Twitter feed You know, this time of year, and you see that such-and-such such school has just announced a home-and-home with so-and-so program. By the way, those games are in 2023 and 2024.
1: Right. Well, who knows what the hell those programs are going to look like six, seven,
2: eight years down the road. I think it's difficult for Missouri. The change of conference certainly hurt, hurt, And just being associated with the SEC, that sort of elevates the profile. And not a whole lot of schools want to play
0: the SEC out of conference unless it's one of these directional schools that needs a payday. I wanted to uh, mention Frank Broyles uh, who was with Arkansas for decades passed away recently and uh, he spent 1 year as a Missouri Tiger and not really a question but I th- throw a little Missouri trivia at you since we have so little SEC connections and there you know there's always these questions of whether Missouri fits in that 1 year that Frank Broyles was uh, with Missouri he recruited the first African American uh, players to the Tigers and actually integrated that program and I don't think he gets credit for that but uh, but he made a huge impact on the Tigers. Yeah, I don't have uh, a huge base of knowledge when it comes to Coach Broyles, but if you talk to anybody
2: associated with that Arkansas program, going back decade after decade, he's just one of these untouchable figures. Arkansas is a good program on the national scene, not a typical blue blood. So he's not going to have the same name recognition of, of a Bear Bryant in Alabama or some of the legendary coaches from other programs over the years. But this is a guy who not only did great things in that part of the country currently, but well after his coaching career was over. Just a giant in the business, a giant in the conference. And and hopefully, I know that this battle line rivalry between (laughs) Arkansas and Missouri has been a little trumped up, maybe a little bit forced, but that game last year was one of the funkiest ones to watch in all the SEC. If you get a couple more of those... And these these teams stay in this conference and, and have some fun games to watch, maybe those things will, will develop over time. It doesn't always happen right away. It takes a little while. And if both of these programs go in the right direction, who knows? Maybe that becomes one of the more fun matchups you can look forward to in this
0: conference every year. Yeah, certainly they have to be a little more organic than what it's been so far. But, uh, but it has been fun, especially with uh, our uh, linebacker Eric Beisel. Trolling Arkansas basically for the last two seasons, and uh, you know, he could step in it this year, but it worked out for them last year.
2: Yeah, he's a, he's an interesting character to say the least. I got to spend a little bit of time in his atmosphere at Media Days, and uh, you know, guys like me, we've lost guys like him because way too many players. Just show up and and speak the company line and regurgitate the answers that their head coach spoon feeds them. But uh, he was a lot of fun to listen to. And if there's one thing I know about these rivalry games and like these trophy games, is that you know if the if the trophy has been around since the 20s or the 40s or the 60s, everybody loves it and thinks it's just sensational. But if it's something that's just sort of came out of a marketing firm two or three or four years ago. Everybody craps on it, and they say they don't like it. So who knows? Maybe 20 years from now, everyone will love the battle line type thing. We'll just have to find
0: out one day. <laughs> yeah, well, the Tigers had to have it get trumped up because we had no, no other options, no uh, natural rivals to be had. Thanks for joining us, John. I appreciate it. I wanted to mention your new podcast. Obviously, our listeners know you from your writing with Saturday Down South currently, but I've really been enjoying the podcast. It's, I guess it started around SEC media days. Is that right? Yeah, we,
2: we rolled it out at Media Days. We had a
0: live set right there at the Winfrey Hotel,
2: had a murderer's row of guests, and... Uh Early returns have been very good. We appreciate the traffic. We appreciate the shout-outs. Um, lots of good guests down the pike as well. We just had Vince Dooley last week, the legendary coach from Georgia. I believe next week we're going to have Phillip Fulmer, formerly of Tennessee. So uh, the producers have done a great job putting out a great
0: product, and, and
2: the guest list just keeps getting better as well.
0: Yeah, it's great. And, and I wanted to ask you, because the format of the show, you've got these list of great guests, and you just kind of a traditional interview format, but also... Also, there's been a few different kind of programs where you sort of did deep dives into, I know there was a, a story about Florida High School's program that basically was a launching pad into college football, and then you had another one on the Coach Ogeron. It's not just one, the same show week after week. Yeah, we do have
2: a couple of different ideas out there. What you're referencing is a series we have called Stories Down South. Obviously, it ties into the company name Saturday Down South. And these are the real deep dives you talk about, just sort of the real colorful stories that not only are we producing feature stories, from all the uh, on-site reporting we're doing, but we're also producing and putting together these podcast episodes 30 or 40 minutes at a time. We accumulate all this sound from the press conferences we go to and the locals we talk to. Uh, We spent all kinds of time driving all all over Louisiana just to sort of get a feel for Coach O and his people and having that job at LSU. The one at IMG Academy down in Bradenton, Florida, I was involved in that. It was just a lot of fun being around a high school program that rivals a lot of college programs in America. So just some really unique ideas, and those those are less interview podcast type things. They're more like standing shows on their own, and the good thing about those is that they'll stand the test of time. Sometimes in a podcast perspective, if you don't listen to it in 24 hours, it's already outdated. But you can listen to the one we have on Coach Orgeron uh, a year or two down the road, and it's still going to be all kinds of entertaining.
0: Yeah, they, they've been great. We really enjoyed it. Thank you again for being on the show, John. He's from Saturday Down South. You can follow him on Twitter on Saturday JC. Come back anytime, John. Hey, thanks again. Well, it was good to hear that uh, John wasn't entirely down on the Tigers this year. No, I mean, it's about as upbeat as you can expect
1: anyone, like I said, with the letters SEC to be in mm-hmm. the title of their uh,
0: media job. Description. Whatever. Sure. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. So, speaking of SEC, Colin, why don't we jump right into our first edition of the year to the SEC's Around the Horn?
2: Jesus loves football.
0: And as we mentioned before, we've got a very special edition of the SEC Around the Horn because obviously there are not games to cover this week. Sure. But we do want to talk about uh, the coaches' carousel and the fact that. A lot of these coaches probably, well, maybe not a lot, but a few of them won't make it through. I think by our count, at least four coaches are on the proverbial hot seat. Yeah, people talk about the hot seat all the time, and there are some this year. I mean, obviously, we lost our good friend Les Miles last year, mm-hmm. um, but we're going to talk about the coaches who this year may be in jeopardy of losing their job. SEC coaching job is not a long term role no. for a lot of people.
1: Most, if you're going to coach in the SEC, you're going to end up on the hot seat
0: mm-hmm. eventually. So let's uh, let's do a special edition of the SEC around the horn. Hot seat. Oh
2: hot 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 hot, 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 hot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So uh Colin, who is first on your list you think you think might uh, lose their role on their throne? Yeah, their throne. You know what their hot throne. Yeah. Let's let's throw in a little Game of
1: Thrones on this, Brennan, mm-hmm. it's so wildly popular. I'm sure all of our Never listeners is listening to it mm-hmm. or watch it or what have you. I would say Brett Blima from uh Arkansas.
0: Really? You're gonna start with Brett.
1: Yeah, I, Bert. I'd say Bert's on the hot seat mm-hmm. because uh they're paying him a shit ton of money.
0: Yeah. And, and they, they
1: have been mediocre at best since he got there.
0: And that's right. And they were beat by Missouri last year, which mm-hmm. everybody knows in the SEC world is disastrous. Yeah,
1: it's almost a fireball fence.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think what do you think Bert has to do to actually get canned? Oh,
1: to get canned
0: mm-hmm. record wise or what What have you. I'm going to tell you what, if he does,
1: if I think that old Bert, when six games and goes to a bowl, he's not safe. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to compete in the West. I think well, people in Arkansas are sick of it.
0: Well, really? Because I mean, I don't think anybody's picking Arkansas to compete in the West, so to speak.
1: Well, I could be wrong I mean let <laughs> let's just go
0: on the limb and say, I'm probably wrong. yeah, well they went to a bowl last year No, no, they didn't no they didn't. I can't remember they were one of, they were the worst team in the west, right yeah, yeah they can't, they certainly can't finish dead last in the SEC West and thankfully they've got old Miss this year, which is maybe a, that's a better
1: way to put it is what gets him fired, probably mm-hmm. be, finishing up last, maybe anything but that would mm-hmm. save him for
0: at least another year so if if what you're saying is if Bert were to finish dead last a second straight year in the SEC West, he would be torched from his hot seat. Yes.
2: Dracarys.
1: Yeah. And as a Game of Thrones character, definitely mm-hmm. Robert Baratheon.
0: Mm-hmm. You think so? Yeah. What characteristic about Bert Bielema do you think? Yeah. Well, they're
1: both fat, drunken lechers. You know what I mean? I think I feel like that. With
0: hot wives. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I With thought... hot blonde wives who are obviously going to be fucking other people that's right yeah, so so yeah i think we've got burt covered who else you've got for the uh hot throne kevin sumlin mm, i think he's number one on the sec hot seat list he needs to be
1: yes and the, the thing that kills me about kevin sumlin is he seems to at least for a while carry a lot of cachet. like kevin sumlin really a good coach knows what he's doing blah 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 i'm like what in god's name that gives you any indication that that is the case cool. yeah i mean he had Johnny Manziel for a short time, but even then they didn't really win anything, mm-hmm. and they they collapse. You know, they start out out of the gate strong, and they collapse every single year. His teams are soft mm-hmm. and
0: uh, inept, mm-hmm. and it shows by the end of the season. Yeah, and and every year they have such high expectations, and Texas A&M itself is supposed to be this great football school. People when they came into the SEC, they treated Texas A&M as a wildly different program than Missouri, even though Missouri had their way with Texas A&M quite often, even when we went into the SEC. We beat Johnny Manziel and company mm-hmm. to go to the SEC title game. But, yeah, someone has been at the helm for a long time. And, I mean, I don't predict that team to do real well this year. And so, I mean, what, again, what do you think? Where do they finish that will land Kevin Semlin without a job? Oh, uh, I don't know. That's hard because
1: the only thing about A&M is they don't seem to have ridiculously high expectations. Maybe mm-hmm. because they, like Missouri, spent so many years in the Big 12 in, yeah. in, a, in a world of more realism mm-hmm. than the, the SEC media. You know, every, everybody's going to win the f- national championship if you cover the, your SEC team. Well, and they were live in a world where they were the little brother to Texas, too. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, so, I don't know. I would say if they miss a bowl game, mm-hmm. he's definitely gone. Precarous. So, that's Kevin Sumlin. And he's definitely, I don't know, the head of House fray. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Started out out of the gate, strong red wedding and some motherfuckers,
0: and then but you know,
1: by the end, they end up,
0: you know, dead, yeah, completely eating gone. their loved ones <laughs> accidentally. Yes, that's pretty much one for one, yeah, Kevin, Kevin Sumlin. Someone. yep, and Walter Frey,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And so, uh, I don't think that's it though. I think there's more coaches that are in trouble.
1: Well, this guy should have been fired last year, in my opinion, and God, I hope he never is fired, but Jones,
0: mm. oh, we have laid more shit on Butch Jones, and done it alone for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now I think there's a chorus of people that join us in hating Butch Jones.
1: Well, it's not just like hate him. It's just like criminally underachieves. And then mm-hmm. last year was his year. I mean, to me, last year was, oh, it's all
0: coming together. This is it. Dobbs is a senior, and they've got all this talent across the board. I remember talking to Booker McFarland last year before the season and him saying, "Well, I think Tennessee's going to win the East. They got it all. It's going to happen.
1: They got it all but a coach.
0: Yeah, and it's one of the few times we disagreed with Booger, and and Mm -hmm. we were right in that case. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what Tennessee – Tennessee, they they won nine games again last year. They Mm -hmm. they bragged about winning nine games three years in a row, despite barely making nine games and losing to teams like Vanderbilt. Well, I think,
1: again, unfortunately, because I think Tennessee fans are so crazy, I I, I would say if they miss a bowl game, that would be the – I don't think they will. Uh, I mean, I think – I think if he wins
0: only eight games, he really, because be I feel
1: like they're stupid enough down there in Tennessee that if he if he misses a bowl, he's gone, and if he doesn't, they'll probably just be like, he did say we're life champions.
0: <laughs> that's right. He did say we have five star hearts. Second year in a row, life champs. <laughs> yeah. <I'll> be, yeah. <laughs> so what do you think? You said just missing a bowl that would put them at five wins. Yeah, that's that's a pretty low bar to. I mean, yeah,
1: that's what I think it'll take to fire Butch Jones. I mean, at this a, point, it's that's kind of a mildly warm seat, yeah. a hot seat. <laughs> well, I guess I mean listen, to me, if I were running that program, if I was a Tennessee fan, is he would be fired. I mean, he'd have to do something spectacular this season just to save his job. yeah, and I just I'm just basing it off of what I've seen with SEC fan bases and administrations, and they just seem to have a endless amount of forgiveness, yeah, especially right. if they're like Tennessee. Now, you know, you got a guy like les miles who's who's had the program down for a couple seasons, but has won national championships and competes with Alabama in the West. And they still got shit canned him. But ten- teams like Tennessee and A&M, like mediocrity seems to be
0: the bar at which they, they look f- to achieve. I don't know how long it'll go. I think I'm going to split the difference and say if, if Tennessee can only muster seven wins this year, mm-hmm. including the bowl game, then he will be torched on the throne. No. Anybody else that you have? Colin, Butch but- Jones is Hodor, by mm-hmm. the way. He does
1: a lot of nonsensical stuff that really doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and people seem to like him despite yeah, it. Yeah, he's lovable and doesn't say anything that of su- substance.
0: Colin, uh, I know he's not going to be in contention again this year, but uh, Hugh Freeze, where would you put him on the Game of Thrones comparison list? Oh, he would be Stannis Baratheon. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because he is devout
1: mm-hmm. uh, and religified and… Ultimately uh, brought down by a woman. Sure. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yep, yep doesn't uh, doesn't accomplish anything mm-hmm. and ultimately yeah but is brought down by a woman, yeah yeah it's very stannis like yeah very like <laughs> yeah uh, and his
0: replacement calling uh, Matt, Matt uh, Luke. Luke yeah now
1: that's a question is like is this guy just a Hold over or is he gonna go get the Ed Ogeron treatment where they're gonna actually give him the job. There's been a lot of talk about
0: that because he is an old miss guy mm-hmm. through and through. Yeah. But I don't know. So he likes prostitutes. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I can see them going outside and trying to get another big name because uh they love Hugh so much and he brought him some. How are they gonna right? get a big name? Ah, it's a great question. The, the, I, the I program
1: can, is fucking toxic.
0: You're right, you're right. That was a he's foolish de- thing. He de- he's for me Ned say. Stark. <laughs> he's got the he's he's Lord <laughs> Protector of the Realm. Yeah, he's got a little bit No,
1: no, he eventually get his head cut off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's that's just the way that's going to go for him. Yeah. Um, so that's the hot seats Yeah. I think that's you know
0: that is the uh, the hot hot seat. Oh, hot hot Who would Barry Odom be? Barry Odom. Let's see. Um, I think Barry Odom reminds me of uh, john Snow, King of the North. Why? Well, because nobody really pays any attention to Jon Snow sure. and his claim of the throne, and uh, you know he he's he's dour. And yeah, kind of, kind of mm-hmm. you know, expressionless. Yeah, and uh, no matter what he says about you know the threats that are coming that Missouri can bring.
1: Yeah, you know, nobody you believes say, him. Nobody believes him. <laughs> yeah. You know, you talk okay. about White
0: Walkers all you want, but yeah, nobody's going to pay any attention.
1: Well, i would saying the Sabin is definitely Daenerys Targaryen.
0: <laughs> just torches
1: everybody. Yeah, just constantly. Fucking, Yeah, just fucking lays waste to everyone. <laughs> <Dracarys>. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's right. Anybody else you got on the, <laughs> Every on the year list. these
1: teams think they're going to gonna take down Alabama, but then, mm-hmm. then they whip out those dragons. Yeah, yeah. Ed Ogeron is hot pie. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: just because of the similarities in their look yeah they've they got it in their accent yeah yeah, yeah. All right. i think that's pretty good yeah so, i think I that's know. a
1: that's that's around the horn
0: yeah right? i think someone if you uh have a good comparison sec wise to Tyrion lannister tweet it to us let us yeah know.
1: i think that's a if you want to tweet us at us your uh sec personalities with uh their equivalency
0: on game of thrones
1: uh, well we'd love to see that
0: yeah we will definitely retweet the good ones, so uh, send us send that in to us. So, Colin, I think that's as good as we can do for Around the Horn this week.
1: Yeah, but in two weeks, Brandon, we'll have an Around the Horn. We'll have a real that fucking will, football. That will delve into games, and mm-hmm. good games. I mean, the one thing I'll say about the SEC schedule is, that is there's several teams that are going to have to get their nuts out right out front, I mean, in the beginning of the season, and go at it. You know, Alabama and uh, Florida State, for instance. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's some good matchups early on, whereas Missouri still kind of lives in that. Old Big Twelve scheduling world where we play cupcakes early.
0: Not everybody does that in the big SEC. You know, and you know how Missouri takes a lot of shit for that. Yeah, and I mentioned it to John, Chris. I personally, if I'm a head coach or if I'm an athletic director and I'm making out schedules, that is the way
1: I do it. Absolutely, the way I do it because there's no
0: downside to the it. Perfect.
1: I think the perfect equation, Brandon, would be two cupcakes to start the season and then one cupcake in the middle of the season. The reason being is you get two basically exhibition games to get your fucking. uh, shit right reels in the track and then you basically get what what is equivalent of a bye week later in the season so if i'm making that schedule i'm gonna say cupcake cupcake schedule
0: and somewhere in there cupcake i absolutely agree because people can give you shit early on because they don't like who you might be playing but at the end of the year when it's bowl season when it's coming down to the who's going to be in the final four of the college playoff Mm -hmm. and you're sitting at 11 and one it doesn't matter if you've got an 11-1 season, it doesn't matter if two of those were Missouri State and the University of Connecticut.
1: Well, it's not like they're not playing Louisiana Monroe or something. Exactly. You know I mean? like,
0: it's just, everybody does it to a the degree. The only difference
1: between Missouri and the other schools is that when they play them, I mean, everybody puts these cupcakes on their schedule. Every Division One team has them, even Kansas. They're not cupcakes for Kansas. <laughs> they're they're
0: they're violent football matches. Yes,
1: but they most Rhode be Island it.
0: matchup. <laughs> yeah, where they hold the battle <laughs> of the horns. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean the the big difference I think is like an Alabama will schedule a USC at the beginning of the season. Yeah,
1: that's what I mean. They're going to play Florida State or what have you, but like right out of the gate, which is great. I love it. It's great for college football. Mm-hmm. I'm going to want to watch that football game. But the fact of the matter is, is they're still going to play Buttfuck university somewhere down the line, mm-hmm. and they're going to murder them. And, and after the first quarter their entire team that starts is gonna be sitting on the sidelines and mm-hmm. it's gonna be
0: their bye week. That's right. And then even if they were to play Buttfuck University week one and not play Florida State, if they if they're twelve and zero or eleven and one, they're still going into the college football playoff. You know, so it it I don't know. I don't think there's a tremendous upside other than the money involved in the big college matchup like I said earlier. Well, Buttfuck on. University pays a lot of money. <laughs> they have to. It's an unfortunate name. I know I, recruiting <laughs> must be a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> the promises Ew. they have to make <laughs> Oh boy, the oh. expectations in the name yeah, alone exactly oh boy yeah so anyway I, that's the way i do it too um let's let's sort of switch gears before we go down a, a track we, we don't want to go down well, I, was, I heard there were three kinds
2: of suns in kansas sunshine sunflowers and sons of bitches this is kansas news
0: And our first story for the day, Kansas offers day of support for parents needing to pay child support. Oh, that's nice. The Kansas Department of Children and Families is offering a reprieve from those who haven't kept up with their child support payments in an effort to get them on track. Kansans who have not paid child support and are facing prosecution are being aided by the Kansas Department of Children and Families. The department is offering a reprieve for those who haven't kept up with their child support in an effort to... Help them get on the track with their payments. August 24th is Child Support Bench Warrant Amnesty Day throughout Kansas. This will be a chance for parents to pay overdue child support without facing prosecutions. All counties except Wichita will participate. This is necessary in Kansas. Well, and I, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to tell you what, they're going to be real disappointed with the turnout. <laughs> they, most of them moved to Florida.
1: The only way you're going to get Kansas deadbeat dads to show up to that court is pass a leaflet that said lies and said there's going to be a free cockfight. You know, what I mean? that you passed out that leaflet. They're going to be there. Yeah, that's that's a I good mean, point. probably with their checkbooks.
0: You know what I mean, but like, they don't have checkbooks. Well, you
1: know, they're going to they're, they're coffee cans full of their earnings. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> free cockfight Kansas deadbeat dads. I would think it would be.
0: Amnesty for your back child support? There's nobody going to show up for that. No. I think it would be easy to settle their debts, though. I mean, really all they have to do is bring a couple of chickens (laughs) because I think it's a percentage of your salary, your income. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you know, a bucket of of, uh, good corn, Mm -hmm, you know, a bushel will probably settle up a lot of guys, maybe give them a head for a few months. Yeah. Kansas has got to uh, help out its deadbeat dads as best they can. Yeah. I think my plan is the best plan (laughs) Free cockfights I agree with me Brownies made with breast milk for Kansas school bake sale cause a stir. Mm. <laughs> it's a problem most of us run into often. Pull up in the fridge door, realize you're out of milk. Oh, man. A Kansas mother needing to bake some brownies for her child's school bake sale wrote on Facebook that she recently faced just such a situation. To solve it, she claimed she added her own breast milk. That was a dilly of a pickle So she saw that breast milk. <laughs> Wait, I got something right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have time to run to the store and didn't think it was a big deal. Some of those kids could use the nutrition, let's be honest, she wrote. <laughs> well, not going to disagree with her. Hundreds have commented on the
1: post debating that. No, that's assuming she's not eating Cheetos and drinking swigging Monster Energy drink at every <laughs> meal like every other Kansan
0: is. Her tit mail comes out orange. <laughs> uh, hundreds have commented on the post debating the health risk and general degree of indecency of a mother's impromptu ingredient addition. Other moms found out and are blowing it out of proportion, the mother wrote. The FDA's website states sharing human milk runs the risk of exposing the recipient to infectious diseases like HIV or to illegal and prescription drugs that might be in the milk. Oh, she's certainly on meth. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't call it prescription drugs, but she's on something. Mm -hmm. Human milk, like any milk, can become contaminated if not stored properly. Making brownies with her own milk seemed to break a code of trust with many of those commenting on the claimed improvisation. Susan, these brownies are delish. What's in them? Me? wrote one foeman on Facebook. Another joked about using urine the one time I made lemonade. Another person put it succinctly. It's sanctimonious because she felt it was perfectly fine, justified even, to feed everyone her bodily fluids without their knowledge or permission.
1: I think they're looking into this too deep. I think it's just a your typical Kansas resident with a 58 IQ thinking, I need milk. <laughs> I have milk in my titties. You know what I mean? Like That's just... <laughs> you know, that's two and two equals four mm-hmm. right there for them. Yeah, absolutely. I, my, I'm mixed Economical. on Economical. <laughs> yeah, you know. Who's that uh, model that uh, J- Justin Verlander dates? Kate Upton. Kate Upton. If Kate Upton told me that she had expressed breast milk and made me a delicious tray of brownies, I would eat them happily.
0: Oh, I'd drink her bath water <laughs> to wash it down. <laughs> I would eat a
1: mile of her shit just to find out where it came from. But <laughs> <laughs> the The fact remains... That if it was her breast milk, I'm okay with it. If it's Mama June from Honey Boo Boo, I'm out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm out. I'm not drinking that.
0: You think the milk's different? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, We're going to have to do a Kate Upton Mama June <laughs> milk taste test later <laughs> yeah. on the show.
1: Maybe we'll do a poll on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Where whose breast milk would you rather eat in a brownie?
0: <laughs> God. Kansas hospital sued for misdiagnosis leading to organ removals. A Kansas woman alleges in a lawsuit that a misdiagnosis led doctors to unnecessarily remove parts of her organs and then cover up the incorrect diagnosis, which she didn't learn about until the doctor... <laughs> oh, Jesus,
1: we took her kidney out. Somebody grab me a potato. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she didn't know about it until the doctor filed a whistleblower suit over her case. The lawsuit filed by Wendy Berger... Age 46 of Shawnee accuses the University of Kansas Hospital of fraud, negligence, and civil Oh, but civil I see their conspiracy. commercials all
1: the time being about what's such a great hospital. <laughs> they don't mention the organ removal part? <laughs> or the, well, they don't mention the accidental
0: organ removal part. <laughs> right. Or the cover-up that follows. Berger was misdiagnosed as having a pancreatic neuroendocrine tumor, which is fatal within five years in most cases. In September 2015, she underwent surgery to remove part of her pancreas and other body parts. Hospital spokesman Dennis McCullough said, "We need to be respectful of patients' privacy and confidentiality, and because we are limited in what we can say on this matter, we do not believe that our physicians acted appropriately and with the best interests of our patient in mind."
1: Well, they need to—they t- need to talk to old Miss about your how you're supposed to handle this. Mm. And we did nothing fucking wrong. <laughs>
0: Denied. There was deny, definitely
1: deny. a potato already inside of her
0: when we when, <laughs> right. when we opened Used her. Used to not put it there. Yeah. <laughs> Berger's lawsuit also revealed that federal regulators investigated her allegations. A report from the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services concluded that the hospital's deficient practices placed all patients receiving services at risk for receiving care that does not meet acceptable standards and quality.
1: Why would you go to Kansas for a medical procedure, period? Ugh. End of story.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, good heavens. <laughs> I mean, you're lucky if you get part of your pancreas removed. Yeah. You come in with a headache.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And- like somebody get me the drill, I gotta let the demons out of his mm-hmm. head, his head hurts. Yeah, <laughs> you
0: bring out the jar of leeches and they're like, This is the best we got. This is the latest technology of leeches. Yeah. Cutting edge mm-hmm. leech therapy. Sure. It is really part of it's on her. Let's yeah, be honest. Let's, I'm, I completely put it on her. Mm-hmm. She went to a Kansas hospital. This is the price you pay.
1: You know what, Brendan? Mm-hmm. Speaking of news, you know, there's about this, this talk about statues being torn down, mm-hmm. and I don't want to get into that. But I do find the statues on Kansas's campus mm-hmm. offensive, and I want them torn down. Like right. there's a you're on that side. There's a statue of like a. Uh, of a Kansas Jayhawk, which is not a real bird.
0: No, never has been.
1: On their campus, they have created some amalgamation of a of a of a bird and a retarded person and mashed them together and made this mascot. And I want it torn away. Yeah. It's, it's offensive to the eyes. You it's want to erase like,
0: history, Colin? <laughs> well, I mean, no. yeah, It's more like a, a Hitler statue coming down. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just exactly. too offensive for exactly. society to I tolerate. Mean,
1: listen, there's going to be people on both sides with your your Confederate statues and what have you. But everybody can agree Hitler's bad, and everyone can agree that the Kansas Jayhawks are bad.
0: Mm-hmm. I, think I think, you know. No debate.
1: No debate. You you know, Kansas, Hitler, side by side, right there.
0: Kansas. Tear down your statues. Yes. And your have, university, for that matter. Have some fucking decency. <laughs> no doubt. All right. This has been Kansas News. Okay, Colin, we've done it, I think. This has been a, uh, another, I guess, maybe one of our final episodes before the real football yeah. season starts. I think we nailed it. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Before we get the season going, tell everybody you know, because it's going to be a lot of fun once we get mm-hmm. to talk about football week in, week out. We're going to have midweek shows for you.
1: With the growth of the show mm-hmm. in the offseason, Brennan, right. because we have seen an exponential
0: growth. Yeah, we had higher rated episodes in this summer than we've ever had during the season in years yeah, past. We're,
1: we're really hoping that as the, we roll into uh, the football season, that we're just going to explode. And mm-hmm. maybe we'll be on the Paul Feinbaum show and not playing second fiddle to my robot, right. Paul Fine Bot. I don't agree. <laughs> Thank you, Paul.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the goal. Mm-hmm. That's the dream. Sure. Yeah. Although, have you noticed John Hayes, the booker for the Paul Feinbaum show, doesn't love us? No, he came right after us. We asked him. Yeah, we just said, "Could you get us a clip of whenever we brought up the Feinbaum? And he's like, "Yeah, after you guys trashed our show multiple times, sure, I'll help you." Which
1: begs the question: Is how does he know that we trash his show? And one, have we ever trashed? I, mean, I don't really, know that we really, really trashed, ever trashed their show. I mean, we just like talk about it being you know a little bit.
0: You know, yeah. Paul Feinbaum loves Nick Zayn. Yeah, and yeah all that.
1: But I mean, it's like we've been like, we hate that show. I mean, I'm obviously a listener and a, a viewer, and as are you. I mean, mm-hmm. I was just like, he he kind of took umbrage when we asked. and like
2: like, and the other race. thing is,
1: is he listening to our show? <laughs>
0: Is the booker for Paul Feinbaum's show listening? How would he know? I don't know. That would be the weirdest thing ever. It really would. Yeah. It'd be a huge waste of his time. No. As it is all of yours.
1: <laughs> yes. We cannot <laughs> recommend highly enough that you stop downloading this podcast. But before
0: you do, give us an iTunes review. That's right. Five stars. Yeah, that's right. So, okay, Colin, I think it's time to wrap this up and get ready for the eclipse and get ready for some great fucking Tiger football. M I Z Z O U.